Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. Tonight, we are going to be continuing with our Coming of the Lord series, the Coming of the Lord. You know, I had intended on doing First and Second Thessalonians and uh, with the Coming of the Lord in just two parts, but it, uh, there's no way we can do it justice because we are in a very particular moment. We are in a very um, amazing moment in the whole world. It's not just an American phenomenon, a local phenomenon. We are in a world moment that only God could orchestrate, that only God can guide us through. This world moment we're in with this COVID-19 pandemic that has been declared and this state of emergency that has been declared uh, in, in our nation and in nations all over the world points us to the realization that we are in the last hour. And that's what the title of our message is tonight. It, it's a continuation of the coming of the Lord, part three, the last hour. We pick up where we left off and in, in, in 1 John in, in uh, chapter 2 and in chapter 4. John, the oldest apostle, uh, you know, he was, he was in his 90s by this time most likely. And listen to what he wrote to us in 1 John, the second chapter in verse 18. My little children, he said, it is the last hour. And you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. Antichrist. What is an Antichrist? An Antichrist are those things that stand against Christ. Now, uh, you, you might be thinking in a little smaller uh, a circle, imagining this, or maybe you've never even imagined it at all. But, uh, but if you'll really look at this and broaden that circle, things that stand against Christ. What are some things that stand against Christ? Well, many of them are very evident in the Word. But you may not be aware that there are some other things that are standing against Christ, standing against the will of God, uh, uh, the, the, the decision, the plan of God. You know, everyone has a part to play, and everyone should play their part. And many times we may not realize that some people playing parts that seem so foul to us are actually playing parts that God had predetermined before the foundation of the world. There will be an Antichrist, and the Antichrist will play his part. But also we see people in the Word of God who did not recognize that they were doing something that they thought was helping Jesus, that was helping the cause, and it was actually hurting the cause. Do you remember Peter was one that seemed to have this happen to him, not just once, but, but two significant times. Once whenever Jesus said to Peter, I'm going to Jerusalem and I'm going to be crucified and, you know, and, and, and I'll you know, be, uh, you know, be killed. And Peter said, no, you won't. No, you're not, Jesus. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. He called Peter Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Why? Because he said, Peter, you're looking at things from a purely fleshly standpoint. You're not looking at things 
from the Spirit of God. You're not hearing from the Spirit of God. You're looking at things in a natural way. We cannot afford to look at things in a natural way because if we look at things in a natural way and if we are not hearing from the Spirit of God, if we are not uh, just, just baptizing ourselves with the Spirit of God and hearing from Him, especially in this critical moment, it was a critical moment there when Jesus was telling Peter that, that you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to uh, the cross. It was a critical revelation Peter looked at it from a purely human standpoint Peter looked at it from from what he felt like was best and what he believed was best and and how it would interrupt the things that he believed was were supposed to happen and his his faith his consciousness and all that he knew and that's what Jesus said you're not hearing from the Spirit of God you're hearing from your own flesh and at that moment that spirit of the Antichrist was giving voice it was against the plan of God for Peter to try to stop Jesus from going to Jerusalem and being crucified we see just about you know uh, just shortly afterwards on the night in which Jesus was betrayed in the garden of Gethsemane after having prayed and you know well Jesus had prayed he had to wake his disciples up over and over and you know Peter and John and James and they kept falling asleep while he was asking them to pray it was a critical moment but when Judas led the group and Judas was playing his part as well when Judas led the group of Roman soldiers and there he betrayed Jesus with a kiss and they went to arrest Jesus Peter drew out a sword and he cut off the ear of one of the soldiers and Jesus said stop stop put that away and Jesus healed the man's ear put that away stop you know again Peter and you're zealous Again, Peter, you're powerful. Again, Peter, I've chosen you. Again, uh, Peter, you are, you, are, you, are, you, know, you are one of my disciples, one of my followers, and, 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 and one of the leaders. But you have no idea the plan of God here. You're missing a bigger picture. You think you're helping, but you aren't. You're just angry. You're afraid. You know? but you have a different vision. You're not aware. You're not hearing from the Spirit of God on this one. Stop, Peter. Well, we know that Peter later was a little confused and afraid. Uh, but it wasn't just there in that moment that uh, you know, the devil was trying to get in the mix. He had been trying earlier. In fact, when we left off last Wednesday evening, it was a very critical point in, in, uh, in our series in the coming of the Lord. Uh, the last verse we read was from 1 John, the fourth chapter. Uh, it begins in verse 1 there by saying, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. Now, what, what, what John is saying here as the elder apostle in telling us that there was this spirit of the Antichrist and that, and that the devil has a plan and the devil's plan is to mess up God's plan. God's plan has been in his word. You know, I mean, is anyone surprised that COVID-19, this, I believe, man-made dilemma, virus, that is spread on purpose 
that, you know, is a test to see if we can you know, be controlled, manipulated as a population, moving the world toward a one-world government. Is anyone surprised about I am shocked that people are shocked. I am shocked that Christians haven't read this before. You know, everyone has a part to play. And by the way, let me just get on my soapbox and get off of it real quick. There is no position on God's team called complainer. Complaining is like shooting up into the air. It really does nothing. Do something. And it's clear from the word that we will see tonight, in critical moments what we do is we lift up the name of Jesus. The bad news never equals the good news. And the devil would love for us to cover up the good news with the bad news. Bad news. The world is bad. Okay, is that a shock? I've been preaching from this pulpit for about five or six years, mentioning Nero and the Apostle Paul and what Nero represented and, and how the Apostle Paul was, 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 was surrounded by such wickedness and evil from his government. And yet not one time does he mention this. It's not that he's unaware of it, but he said, I have had to determine to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified because only Jesus can save the world. You know, yes, wicked men rule but they aren't in charge. They aren't in control. God is. You might say, well, what can I do? People need to know. Well, let me tell you, with every post on your social media, how about talking about Jesus? Include Jesus in your post. Because this is what the devil would like to do, is to rob the world of Jesus during this moment. And if we who are the light, we who are the salt... If we cannot introduce Jesus into this moment, then we are missing our calling. That's what the Apostle Paul said. I have determined to know nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Talking about the bad in respect to having a plan to change it, fix it, do something about it is, 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 is not a bad thing. But just stirring it up and doing nothing but just, you know, stirring it up. It's just, again, like shooting into the air. We're called to bring Jesus. Our message has not changed. Our mission has not changed. And I am not shocked, and we should not be shocked, that the world is waxing worse and worse. <laughs> and that the God of this world is, is, is going to take this world, you know, right straight to hell in a handbasket. Okay? And we are here to proclaim the name of Jesus, to lift up his name, to not lift up the bad news, but the good news. And John said, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but 
test the spirits. Verse 3, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. According to John, the spirit of the Antichrist was already at work in the earth. And evidently, it really was. And the Antichrist, this spirit of the Antichrist, those things that, that, that push people to, uh, you know, the, the Satan uses to try to um, uh, stop the plan of God or slow it down or cover it up or alter it somehow. He tries, you know, Satan is trying to keep from getting the word of God out to people. That's what the devil's trying his best to do. And I don't want to participate in that. I don't want to participate in covering up the only hope and the only help that we have. I just don't want to get people confused out here. You know, I'm, I feel like I'm sometimes almost like I'm fighting the air. Where is the sanity that churches would not be taking this moment? Christians would not be taking this opportunity to fill the world with the knowledge of the glory of the gospel of Christ Jesus. People are afraid without respect to whether it's a real fear, you know, a contrived fear, whether it's you know uh, the devil himself or or some world leader, people are open to hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that the Antichrist will rise with an answer. It won't be the right answer. God forbid that is the only voice that people hear. According to John. This Antichrist was already at work, but he had been at work for a long time. He was at work at the birth of Jesus trying to kill him, trying to cover it up with smooth words. When the wise men came, Herod said, oh, I want to go and worship him. <laughs> Not the truth, you know, but God's plan continued even when Herod sent down to kill all the children in Bethlehem under two years of age. God saved his son. God is going to win. We can go back further, back to David, back to Moses, back to Jacob, back to Isaac, back to Abraham, farther back to Noah, uh, all the way back to the Garden of Eden, to the time when, when you know, uh, God you know, created a garden and he put Adam and Eve in the garden. And here came along this, this anti-God spirit this anti-plan of God's Spirit and, and tried to cover up the Word of God and the, and the commandments of God with a lot of confusion. And, and, you know, and even in that Garden of Eden, God revealed His plan for mankind as God cursed the serpent, that old dragon, the devil, and He sealed the devil's eternal fate. He revealed that one day the seed of a woman would bruise this serpent's head and ultimately defeat his claim over mankind. And no longer would the earth belong to this spirit, this anti-God spirit. This same evil spirit, the spirit of Satan, who was a rebel cherub. He knew God, you know, but he didn't follow God's plan. He was filled with pride and he, he wanted his own way and he had his own reasons. And this rebel chariot, 
You know, he set his sights on exalting himself above all that is called God. And it was his will for mankind that he began to sow in the midst of this earth. Well, thankfully, God sent his son Jesus to deal with this serpent and to take back from him the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And when Jesus was resurrected on that fateful first day of the week, Satan turned his sights toward the church, knowing he had but a short time, and began to persecute the church. And by the time we get to Acts chapter 3 and chapter 4, we find that, that there this spirit of the Antichrist is, is right there on scene. And here Peter and John are singled out by Satan, he wants to stop them. He wants to stop the word of God. He wants to keep them from doing the plan of God. Uh, and and uh, uh, he uses the, the civil religious leaders of the day as Satan has always done his best to infiltrate the leadership of any nation, any community. And, 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 and he, he, he ended up that Peter and John on that day in chapter 3 of Acts, you may have read the story, if not, please read it. We can find that Peter and John did nothing but heal a man. And then the real uh, problem came is when Peter and John, after healing this 40-year-old crippled man, this poor man, after healing him, people began to ask, how did you do that? And they began to preach and teach in the name of Jesus, and 5,000 people were born again. Now that's what the devil hates. He hates it with a passion. And so Peter and John were arrested and they were thrown into jail. What was the devil trying to do? What was this spirit of the Antichrist trying to do? The same thing he's trying to do today. He's trying to stop you from talking about Jesus. Is it working? He'll use any means he can. Is it working? Has the devil stopped you from talking about Jesus. I'm not talking about talking about your right to go to church. I'm not talking about talking about your, your, your comfort. Or, or, or I'm talking about Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Listen, worse things than this are going to happen on the earth. It's, have you read the book? Shouldn't shock us. He just wanted to keep, the spirit of the Antichrist wanted to keep Peter and John from ever talking about Jesus. So the next day, the, the court brought them out. And listening to them, it ended up that Peter and John were threatened with worse, worse things than jail. If they told anyone, if they dared tell anybody else about how good Jesus is, Peter and John we're going to be allowed by Satan to say anything they wanted except talk about Jesus. And he would use any means to stop them. They were threatened by this same spirit of the Antichrist that had orchestrated this arrest and had orchestrated this problem. And the Bible records in Acts the fourth chapter in verse 23 that Peter and John were let go. And it says this, and being let go, Peter and John went to their own companies and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So when the company, when the other disciples, and when the group of believers heard 
that. What did they hear? They heard that they had been threatened that they could do anything but talk about Jesus. That's what the devil was trying to stop them from doing. When they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, now they didn't kick the doors down and go out. They just lifted up their prayer to God. Lord, you are God. I love that. You made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage? And the people imagine and plot vain things. The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Now, now hold that thought right there. Hold that thought with verse 25 and 26, you know. We'll come back to that in a moment. But for now, we're going to follow these scriptures just a little bit longer here. Just, just bear with me here. There's something very powerful that's written here that applies to us today. For truly, as they were praying, you know, why did the nations rage? Why, why, why did the heathens rage? You know, uh, why did the people plot vain things? You know, why? This is a question. You know, the kings of the earth took their stand against God and against Jesus. It's happening today. You know, you're living in la-la land if you don't think that the devil has infiltrated governments on planet earth. And if you don't think that, that he is trying his best because he has a short time to, to shut people up about Jesus and to destroy all that is good in the earth. But we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against governments, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness, rulers of darkness. And our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. For neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things past nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall ever be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We have a message. And that's what... The, the Apostle Peter and the Apostle John were getting through. this. Look what they did in the midst of their critical moment. For truly, you know, truly, verse 27 said, against your holy servant Jesus, whom you have anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. The real thing is, is the world is fighting against God because they are empowered and inspired and most many possessed of this unholy spirit of the Antichrist. This is a spiritual warfare like we in our generation have never seen before. And we would do well to keep our eyes on the spiritual aspects of the spiritual warfare and to lift up the name of Jesus. Well, let's look. He said, for truly, 
They're gathered together against you and Jesus. Verse 28. Now look at this. To do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. What does this mean? What? What? Oh, oh. Come on now. Don't shout me down. But this should shock us into some reality. It was written a long time ago. It wasn't just written this month. The world has gathered together to do whatever you, God, whatever you have purposed, whatever you have planned. Lord, your determination, as Zacharias says, is to gather together the nations. You are determined, O oh God, to gather them together so you can pour out the wrath of your indignation against all of this ungodliness and to put Satan and this spirit of the Antichrist down once and for all. Can you see this? Let's read it again. To do whatever your hand and your purpose has determined before to be done, make no mistake, God is at the helm of this ship. No one but Almighty God is in control. There's no king, no president, no dictator, no potentate, no person, not even those who are possessed of the spirit of the Antichrist, not even those who are empowered by, by, by rulers of darkness and inspired by Satan himself. They're trying to forward and dislodge the people of God from their appointed rounds. They are trying to get us off track and get us fighting against the wrong thing or with one another or focused on something, something other than the, the, the call of God on our life. Jesus told Pontius Pilate, you know, you have no authority over me. You know, this, these world leaders have no authority over us. Jesus said, you know, you, have, you can do nothing to me but what the Father has already determined, what the Father has already allowed, what the Father has already purposed. That, you know, Jesus could not have been arrested and crucified by the orders of man. Don't you know he could have called 10,000 angels? To destroy the world. But it was a plan. He told Pontius Pilate, I can lay my life down and I can take it up again. It's not up to you. It's never been up to anyone else. But God, it's not today. If you're sensing a little frustration in my message today, you're sensing correctly. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated because here we are trying to get a message of lifting up Jesus instead of covering up, you know, you know, covering him up with all the bad. We should be lifting him up above everything else. No, no, no criticism. No condemnation. No rejection. No judgment, some encouragement, some instruction. If you can't include Jesus on your Facebook post, reread it and wonder why. Who's winning there? Who has captivated your thoughts? Who's captivated your conversation? Who's controlling? Matthew 12, 30, 
says, if you're not gathering together, you're spreading abroad. Which one is it? In 1787, at the Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia, the 81-year-old Benjamin Franklin, he was widely regarded by historians as one of the least, if not the least religious person in, in, in all of our founding fathers. But... Uh, nonetheless, he made one of his best arguments ever before this constitutional convention. Listen to what he said. Let me read this, and this is verbatim. Mr. President, he said, I have lived, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of men. If a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, it is probable that an empire cannot rise without his aid. We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this. And I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. Wow. You see, God has a job, and you can bet he is doing it. But we also have a job. Are we doing ours? I simply ask you tonight, and I, I didn't, uh, uh, we'll have to continue this next Wednesday. And you'll, uh, uh, you'll be amazed when we get, you know, to this verse 25 and verse 26. It, it's amazing. But let me close by, by saying that we have the same job that, that the early disciples had. These companions of Peter and John who came back and said, listen, they're threatening us. Listen, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're telling us we can't do this. We can't preach in the name of Jesus. They're, 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 you know, they're, they're, they're. And so Peter and John led them in a prayer. And this prayer to God was for a very specific reason. We know, God, they said, that they're gathered together against you. But we also know, Lord, that you have a plan. And, Lord, you know, you have a determination, Lord. And, and, Lord, this plan includes the world being against us. But what is our part, God? Verse 29, you know, uh, you know uh, says this. Now, Lord, look on their threats. Look and see what the world has planned and what the world is doing. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants, to us. Oh, God, look on the problems, Lord, in America and in this generation. Oh, God, look upon, Lord, this COVID-19 outbreak and all of the conspiracies and all of the clandestine plans of the Antichrist and a world, Lord, that is against you. Look on all of their plans, God. Look on us in this moment and grant to your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word and God stretch out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus you see they brought it all back down right here 
to what is my part in this? God, you have a plan, and you're in charge. And the Antichrist is really messing up this world, but you've got it. What is my part? You do your part, God, let me do my part. My part is to preach the word of God, the one thing the devil wants to cover up. When they had prayed this prayer, they weren't just you know, asking for you know, justice. They weren't asking for the permission of man. They weren't seeking revenge. They weren't writing letters. They, you know, uh, uh, and, and, and all of that is good when it, when it has a goal to accomplish that is a God goal. They weren't you know, riding in the streets. But these faithful disciples of Christ who had been with Jesus knew exactly what to do. They prayed for the power of the Holy Spirit to give them clarity and boldness to preach the word, the living gospel of Jesus Christ in the midst of this pressure. Verse 31 says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word. They began to speak the word of God with boldness. Be bold. Jesus is the answer. God's got this. The world is bad. That shouldn't be a shocker. But Almighty God has a plan, and we need to stick to our part. And it's the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ well I didn't get finished with the word tonight but uh, we'll pick back up here next week I love you I hope this has been encouraging instructional inspirational and I hope it brings some correction to those who have missed the point and the moment we are in You know, it's very important that you don't misunderstand the word. There's no way that I am saying or suggesting that we should keep silent about injustice. But I am saying that if these lists of injustices grow long without any mention of Jesus Christ, without any mention of the remedy, without realizing that just complaining and not actually accomplishing anything is just stirring up the bad. Please don't mistake the word. We must speak up and plead the cause of the poor and the needy. We must be moved to action whenever action can be taken. But we must remember that we are in the middle of a God moment. Perhaps the greatest God moment the world has ever seen. I know it's the biggest moment I have ever seen. And I believe with all of my heart that God has a plan and a purpose to this. I want to play my part. And my part is very simple. Not only do we plead the cause of the poor and the needy, but we also feed the hungry. We help those in need. We pray for the sick. We protect those who are feeble. We work together as a church, not allowing the spirit of Satan to separate and divide us on issues that are already written and issues that are already settled in the Word of God. So let me encourage you 
to join together in prayer. And our prayer should be, how, Lord, can we help you to fulfill your determined purpose in and through all of this? How, Lord, can we protect our families, Lord, our communities, our nation, our world, those that we care about, our church? How can we, Lord, gain strength in this moment, Lord? so that we can continue to lift up the name of Jesus and preach the word. Again, more than just sharing all of these injustices, would you also consider sharing the remedy? Include on your social media, which goes around the world, include the plan of salvation. Include the hope of Christ. Include the reality that God knew this before the foundation of the world. And he's got it covered. Let's play our part. Let's do our part for God. Amen? Well, tonight, let's seal this word in our hearts. I sure do miss you. Father, you have been so good to us, Lord. God, you have provided, God, and you are continuing to provide. Meeting needs here, Lord, and around the world. In our lives, Lord, and through our lives, God, Lord, you are making a difference. And Father, in many ways, nothing has changed from five years ago, three years ago, a hundred years ago, a thousand, two thousand years, five thousand years ago to today. This same spirit of Satan is doing its best to cause trouble and division and aggravation, to cover over your plan, to get us distracted and to, to, Lord, use us to slow down the progress of your kingdom or to divide your family, your church. God, we pray, Lord, that we would see the reasonable sense, the good sense it would make for us to include the name of Jesus in every post in every conversation, in every hope. Lord, that we could pray. Lord, we ask, God, Lord, that you grant us, Lord, with all boldness, the power, Lord, to preach your word in this moment. Lord, shake the place where we stand. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, use us as a light in Jesus' name.